every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 47th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here with Ken Watmore. And Ken, as we end these, we get closer and closer to the ending of the summer. We kind of don't want to, at least I don't really want it to end. And we know snow's coming in a couple months. Yeah, it's weird to think about that way because I feel like summer just got started. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're just busy with things in our family, of course. And right. with that, I, I go, wow, it's we're, I think we're missing some things. So we, we need to take some time and enjoy the summer before it's gone. Yeah, that's right. Although I saw on Facebook, was it Logan caught a big fish? Yeah, it was. So you're still was, doing your fishing? Yeah, yeah, and we'll go fishing again this weekend. We'll probably we may camp a little bit in the next few days. So yeah, we'll do all that kind of stuff. But you know, you just it, when you start to see summer wind down, you start to think busyness. And of course, we're with six children, and you know, we're we're busy all the time, anyways. Yes. Um, but you know, it's going to get even busier in about a month and a half for us. So you know, we hopefully we'll get to get out and take some more advantage of the time this summer. Yeah, that's right. And school, school, school starting, and all of that. So well, great. Well, great. Well, Ken. I'll on this episode of the podcast, you know, I wanted to begin by telling a little story and, you know, the the episode is an interesting one because, you know, as we do this podcast and particularly for me as I'm doing a lot of speaking about Great Commission fulfillment and uh, Great Commission obedience, one of the things that I can, the, the, one of the walls that I continue to kind of knock my head against is an interesting one. And I know we've, we've kind of talked around this a little bit, but it's kind of this idea of people who are Christians uh, reading the Bible and seeing the, clearly that, that Jesus is calling us in, 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 in our, in our realm, you know, this, that calling us to go preach the gospel, go make disciples, to go do these things, you know, and yet they're just very few are doing it. And so we really want to try to dig into that and try to help people kind of understand how important that is. And so, Ken, I think you and I are both old enough to remember this game called Simon Says. Sure. Right. And of course, it's a very simple game. And, you know, I think you and I probably both played it as kids. And it was a very simple game. You just Simon says, pat your head. And so you pat your head, you know, or Simon says, do this or that. And I don't know if kids are playing that game anymore. They're probably too busy with, you know, their electronics and their apps and stuff. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, so it's a very simple game. But it's interesting in the church how the game of Jesus says, you know, is a very different game. Mm -hmm. Right. If Jesus says something, it doesn't seem a lot of times like we have to do it. We only have to memorize it. 
you know, and I have often talked about when the, the Great Commission verses, nothing that I say in terms of those verses or quoting them or even teaching about them is really going to be that foreign to people or will shock people. In other words, people know the Great Commission commands, right? They know them. They've memorized them. And so this is just something I'm trying to kind of work through on my own. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, how many people in our churches are actually making disciples? You know, but they've memorized the verses, right? And I was just thinking about this. You know, if I if I tell my son, Isaac, to go empty the dishwasher, you know, he doesn't come back to me two hours later and say, well, I memorized what you said, Isaac. Right. Go empty the dishwasher. You know, he doesn't say, you know, my friends are going to come over and we're going to do a study on what it would look like if I emptied the dishwasher. Right. I mean, he's, he just knows better than that. And in the same way, you know, we, we memorize these verses of the Great Commission, but I don't know why we think we're going to come before Jesus one day and just say, well, I memorized what you told me to do. Right. Uh, particularly when we see these clear commands. And so to start off the episode, Ken, I guess I'm interested in kind of just going through the A plus B equals C kind of an idea, which is if Scripture is the Word of God, the words of God are authoritative, the conclusion would be Scripture is authoritative, right? And yet, according to a recent Christianity Today article that I read, 90% of North American Christians will never share the gospel, not even once. So kind of talk through, as you hear all of that, talk through that with me and sort of think, in, in your mind, what, is, what kind of thoughts does that bring up? I mean, what, what, what are we to take from that? Well, you know, but my, my head spins with a few different things, you know, because I've been in a place enough times in my life where I go like, gosh, I'm not sharing the gospel enough. And, you know, and even in a place where I'm where I am sharing the gospel, I've been in a place where I felt like I should be sharing the gospel right now. And I didn't. Right. And I've been in a place where I shared the gospel and I didn't I didn't think I did a very good job. Right. Um, right. And I've been in a place where I shared the gospel and I felt like it was it was God working and and people didn't respond. And so mm -hmm. so I've been in a place that I've felt um, different sides of this personally, but clearly no question about it that I believe that it is. A commandment for us. It's our responsibility. It is obligatory. We are called and told to share the gospel. And frankly, you know, if I haven't, and and I I would say again, I'm, I don't share the gospel enough. I mean, I just don't. Oh, right. and, and the truth is, is that why am I not? You know, and as a Christian, you know, to to just talk through that and be honest about it, I would say, gosh, the same thing I heard, you know, in a message a hundred times is, if this is the greatest news ever, then why wouldn't I be sharing it every day? Right? If, if it's the analogy people have used, and I think that sometimes this Christianese that we use kind of actually muddies the water a little bit. But the analogy of if you knew someone was in a burning building, wouldn't you go in and save them? Right? Right? But the truth <laughs> is, is that we know that people are going to hell. We know that people that are going to die without Christ and we have an obligation to share with them. And yet there are plenty of times we don't. Right. So I would say that the 90% number is a little bit shocking, but at the same time, I don't know that I'm necessarily shocked because I think we all wrestle at times with maybe not responding to when we know it's the right time, you know, to try and not mix that, to go back to our last episode, right? To not mix the, our evangelism with our workplace to, oh, right. um, in our everyday life, do we, you you know, is I think people always go to the well. Am I supposed to at the checkout line? You know, share the gospel while I'm checking my groceries out. I mean, I don't know. Are you, if you felt called to do it at that point, then yeah, I think you're supposed to, right? Right. But are we supposed to walk around sharing the gospel all the time? I mean, I would say that we probably are. You know, we probably <laughs> are. And yet, in our especially in our culture in America, yeah, 
we feel very, very put off to do something like that, right? That that's the, that's the fringe. That's the guy on the corner who is, you know, preaching kind of fire and brimstone. Right. Um, that's, that's how we equate it. And to say that, you know, some of the greatest evangelists, heroes of the faith came to know the Lord by hearing somebody on a soapbox on a corner preaching fire and brimstone, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there's some truth right. and effectiveness to that, but we're afraid of the uncomfortableness of it. And the, you know what? The bottom line is that this is the greatest news, the greatest love that's unfathomable to an extent, and yet we confuse it with the complications that we've put in place, right? Uh, I, I, I could go on. I know we've got a lot more to talk about. I could go on about this for a long time. I do no, think you're that, fine. I do think that we we have to recognize that it's going to be uncomfortable at times because it's a life-changing message the second it's told. It's uh, That's right. when somebody hears the gospel, they have now an obligation to respond and they can't get away from it. It's I don't want to say it's entrapment, right? But at the same time, when you share that you you know that Christ came, died and rose again and he did it for you and it's going to it's it has an eternal impact on your life. You've just told them the truth. Yes. And at that point, they're, they're, it doesn't mean they have to respond right then, but whatever they do at that point is impacting the rest of their life. And it, they, may <laughs> not, right. they may not decide to follow Christ till later on. They may never decide to follow Christ. But at that moment, if they decided against what you're saying and something happened to them five minutes later, they've had an eternal impact on their life, right? So it's, it's heavy stuff to think about that way. But I think that all that weighs us down. And rather than be weighted down by that, I think we have to say, you know what? If I really believe that Christ loved me that much, if I really believe that he died for me, if I really believe that I'm forgiven once I've come to him and sought repentance and accepted him as my savior, I'm truly believing him in him. I'm believing in the truth of what he says and said. I believe God's word is living, so it speaks to us constantly. If we believe that his word is authoritative, right, and that he's the king of all kings, the creator of all things, then, you know, we have to feel comfortable in letting people know that this is the most important thing I can tell you. Yeah, there's right. nothing else I can tell you right now that's more important than this. Yeah, that's right. So it, uh, there's a comfort level that's hard, and just again to clarify, I'm super guilty of this <laughs> place all the time. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and Ken, you know, of course I am too. And so as as I hear you talk, there's a couple of things that come to my mind. It sounds like number one, the internalization of what Jesus has really done for us and allowing that to so transform our lives that we can't help but share mm -hmm. is a part of that, right? And so maybe for a lot of people, it just, I mean, they've, they've, they've taken in the information mentally, mm -hmm. but maybe not allowed it to go to a heart level. Mm -hmm. Maybe so that's part of it. Part of it is, it is kind of uncomfortable and it mm -hmm. is kind of hard. You know, also what I think of when I hear you talk is when uh, Paul is talking in Romans 7 about the things I want to do, I don't do those huh. things. Yeah. Uh, the things I don't want to do, those are the things I keep on doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, in other words, our flesh and our sinful nature gets in the way too, right? Yeah. Because with sinful nature comes pride and gosh, what if they, you know, reject the message or what if they reject me or, you know, whatever. And yet, I guess I still want to continue to try to help people if I can to, I mean, maybe that's part of it, helping people to internalize the, remember what it was like when Jesus first, you first accepted him and right. what you felt and God, you know, just kind of living in that. And so maybe it's a, a John 15 process of trying to, you know, Jesus says, abide in me 
yeah. and allow my words to and, and learning kind of what that means to really abide because abiding in Jesus is really a a 24-7 deal. It's not just having a quiet time and then setting that aside for the rest of the day. It's really right. walking with Jesus throughout the course of the day. And then as you run across folks, you know, yeah, in some in, in one form or another, communicating Jesus to them also. Yeah, I agree, and I think that it's important to note that you know if we if we can if we can kind of live in a place where we are always looking to we're always recognizing the blessing of the moment, right? So I know that during the day, I, I, you know, with, when you have six kids, when you run a couple of businesses, there are plenty of struggles. I, you know, and I'm right. speaking, I'm talking personally, obviously, for yeah, me right. right now. There are plenty of struggles that I encounter all, all the time. And I've been in different places in my life where it's been really tough and really hard. And I've been at places where I feel like I'm, you know, that peaks and valley kind of analogy, right? Where I'm on top of the world. And in my faith, I feel like I'm really, you know, on top of the world. And right. I, I think that it's important to recognize that, you know, throughout your day, in the worst of situations, there's always room to find that there's a place God's blessing you in that situation, right? There's a place that God right. provides something. I know if you see something that's beautiful, and I can mean the way that people might interact, things that are going on, good, you know, the beauty of God's creation, all these things are places where you can recognize and live in that moment of recognizing the blessing of something that God's doing or has done. You know, I think that makes it easy for us to start to have that outpouring of the compassion and love of Christ in which then, you know, then it makes it much easier for us to just share Christ. You know, I, I know you've been around in your life and I've been around in my life, those people who are just, it's just so easy for them because they're, yeah. they're always just recognizing the beauty of God, mm. right? And the love of Christ. And, and for them, I mean, they can just go anywhere and go, you know, do you know <laughs> Jesus? I mean, do you, you know, and they can just ask somebody, right. hey, I mean, I know I've been in places with people and we've started to do it at times in our lives where we, you know, we might ask, if we're in a restaurant, we may ask a waiter or a waitress, you know, hey, hey we're, we're about to pray. Can we pray for you for anything? You know, and um, mm. and that's been a tremendous thing for our family oftentimes where people would say like, yes, you oh. can pray for us. And for me, here's what's going on. And mm. it's just an opportunity to share, right? But I've been around those people that that's just every day all the time, not just at a restaurant, but they might just all the time say to somebody, you know, hey, my name's so-and-so, and, you know, I just wanted to ask you, can I pray for you about something? And, and right. with that, they just immediately start and pouring out tell, about yeah. Jesus, and it's awesome to witness. Mm. And I think that's because those people, if I look at, you know, the times I've been with them, are constantly living in this area of blessing. You know, they're and it's not, I don't mean financial or they're not having struggles at home or anything. They just recognize like right away, like, you know, something bad just happened, but look at this great thing that God has just done in my life. Or look at how I just learned something incredible, or maybe God just answered a prayer and I forgot all about that prayer. But right now I'm recognizing that this is his answer, whether mm. I wanted that answer or not. Mm. Um, it's just a way for me to recognize God is present and working constantly. And again, I speak to this and I'm convicted as I talk that I, you know, I've seen so many times in my life life where I go, oh man, that is, God just exactly answered what I, what I wanted an answer for, whether it's the answer I wanted oh. or not, he just did. And I can recognize that God, thank you. You're present in my life. You know, you're, that's a total blessing to me. And that just changes my outlook. And as a result of that, I would immediately want to say, do you know, you know, to somebody, do you know that God actually just did something in my life? Like he's just all present right. working all the time and all we right. miss it, you know? All so, right. Again, I can carry on a lot. About no, this. you're you're great. And so what I think of Ken as we prepare for our break is you know praying. I've obviously we all need 
need to just be praying that that would become us, right? Mm-hmm. And that God would just be so present and Jesus would be so alive in our lives that that would be us. So, well, let's let Ken, Ken, let's let Tom Muller say a few words. Tom, thanks again for all your work with our podcast and we appreciate you. And thank all of you for being here. Hopefully this is a blessing of an episode for you guys. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at MikeFalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way. Well, Ken, we're having a great conversation about this idea of the scriptures being authoritative, obeying those scriptures, and you know, I guess you know you've you've just illustrated for us pretty well how we ought to all be right. That boy, just seeing God's blessings in our lives daily, and then kind of living from that's a good point, uh, is a good place to be in our lives. And so I have, and as we always want to do on the podcast, try to be as encouraging and. Uh, pointing people towards solutions and things to work on. I've got seven reasons why we should why we should preach the gospel and make disciples. Therefore, obeying God's word. And the first one, Ken, is that obedience to God proves our love for Him, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see in a number of places. I mean, John uh, fourteen fifteen is the verse I often quote, which is. Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And uh, I mean, that's a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. I, I can tell you that I've, I've used that, that line probably way, way out of context and probably in, you oh. know, <laughs> so many times with my kids. But because with my kids, if I talk to them about obedience in the family, right, it's hard. I'm not trying to draw a correlation between this, but there is a correlation between the father and what he commands of us, the father, how he points us and directs us, and then the father of a family, right? We're, that's a good example for us. Yes, it is. So I it tell is. my kids, I say, you know, if, if we act a certain way, you know, that's not exhibiting love for your father, your mother, your family, right? And the best example I could give them is to say that God said, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Mm-hmm. So how do we best exhibit our love is to, you know, I mean, as a as a family unit, right, to follow the rules. There's a process and a, a way that things work and they work appropriately and correctly. And sometimes, you know, that's a, the easiest expression of love is to say, like, I'm going to, for a kid to a parent, right, it's just, I'm going to obey your mm. your rules, right? Mm. I'm going to obey mm. your commands. And we get that example from God himself. So. Mm. That's really great. Yeah. And then number two, Ken, uh, of course, obedience to God's word demonstrates our faithfulness to him which is kind of a correlate, which is close to that first one, but certainly being faithful to God. And because, you know, that kind of says, what does that say? You know, the, I'm saying that I'm a, I'm a devoted follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be faithful to, to that. And so I'm going to obey out of that faithfulness. 
Absolutely. And this acknowledges the authoritative word of God, where we started with this, right? That's the scripture right. is the word of God, the word of God is authoritative, and that scripture is then authoritative. So our obedience demonstrates our faithfulness to him and our acknowledging that he is our ultimate authority. Yeah, that's right. And then actually, this is one that I have experienced a lot in my own life, which is that as we obey God's word, it opens avenues for blessing for us mm -hmm. because the Psalm 128.1 says, blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience in him. And yeah, I mean, God likes it when we obey and mm -hmm. there's blessing, right? Yes. So that's certainly part of it that, you know, I think God, yeah. Of course, I don't know that we say that, that he plays favorites because God loves all the people in the, in the world, right? Mm -hmm. He loves That's us right. all. <laughs> so it's not like he doesn't love some people and he loves others or blesses some people. But certainly, yeah, that passage in Psalm 128, blessed is the fear, but blessed are all those who fear in the Lord who walk in obedience in him. And there's just a, a blessing that comes along with obedience. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, I, but you know, this is not saying, you know, well, I'm not even going to get into the whole prosperity thing. This is, yes. this is the, sometimes the blessings that we miss are because we're looking for something else. Yeah, you that's know? right. And we've been led by, I think, wolves in sheep's clothing often from the pulpit in our, especially mm. in this Western world, right? That we, we're looking for a particular blessing and God's blessing us in so many other areas and we miss it. Mm, that's great. And then number four. When we obey the Lord, we can live a life of joy without shame, rooted deeply in the Lord and confident in our eternal hope. Second Corinthians 3.17, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is just something to be said about that, isn't there? That we, you know, that as we're, we have no, at least in terms of our, our part in this whole process, you know, we can say, hey, I've, I've tried my best to be obedient to him. And uh, I think there's freedom in that, isn't there? Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I definitely think, you know, it's, it's kind of like with, if we go back to, I've talked about this before in sports, right? That uh, Colossians 3.23 says, do your work heartily as unto the Lord, not as unto man. I use that in business and I use that in coaching too, right? I've always told kids, if you're, if you're doing your best for the Lord, mm -hmm. then you don't have to make excuses for anybody else, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and that's, right. And, and that goes right to this, right? Right. If we obey the Lord, you know, we are we are free. There is a freedom there, knowing that we have nothing to make apologies for. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so I don't know if that's a clean conscience necessarily, but certainly a, you know, there is, yeah, just living a life of joy without shame. So number five, uh, our obedience is actually part of our assurance that we truly know God. And uh, Ken, uh, and as I do these talks, I have this, I have uh always this internal struggle that I, that I go through, which is, you know, I think many times if people are not obeying the, obeying the word or obeying the Lord in particular, as it relates to sharing the gospel or making disciples, you know, on one hand, I hate to say, or ask the question, you know, are you really a Christian? You know, have you really accepted Jesus as your Lord and savior? Cause you don't want to get into this whole thing of, you know, can you lose your salvation? You know, any of that business. I mean, if they feel, if they feel like they've accepted Jesus, it's hard for me to say otherwise because I don't know their heart of hearts, right? But on the other hand, if you love Jesus, again, getting back to the John 14 passage we talked about, if you love Jesus, if you love God, you're going to do what he wants you to do, right? I and mean, there is an obedience in that. So 
there's something you said there. Uh, obviously, God is glorified when we when we obey God's word. And then, um, you know, the Bible often tells us, number seven, that God blesses and rewards obedience, right? John 1, 22 through 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So even the word itself says, you know, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves, but do it. Mm-hmm. So, so Ken, as we, uh, as we end this episode, I guess, you know, my heart here is for folks to look at, you know, of course, for our, for our purposes at the, at the, uh, here at the Made for Missions podcast, we have a deep heart to have people learn how to share their faith and then begin as they begin to see people come to know Jesus to then make disciples, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what God actually tells us to do. And so in terms of obedience to the word in, in other areas, we're not going to get into that, but our heart is to have people do that. And, you know, Ken, as you were talking earlier, I just kept thinking, because you were talking about the struggles about back and forth, and sometimes you feel like not sharing and how hard that is and whatnot. And so I guess for me, a big part of it is I was hearing you talk is just kind of the, is it just sort of intent, mm-hmm. right? Or kind of a heart to do it. Yeah. Now we may fail at doing it. But even in that, I've seen cases where I've seen people share the gospel horribly and still have the recipient or the hearer accept Jesus, (laughs) right? And so a lot of it's just more the, hey, I want to do this. Lord, use me in these areas and and then allow God to give you the opportunity. Mm. What final thoughts do you have? Um, well, just encouragement. Again, what part of what I was talking about earlier is really because I think sometimes when when people listen, I, maybe maybe a lot of our audience they're they're in the missions field. You know, we have a lot of friends that listen. That, yeah, that's that right. And that are already in the missions field. But maybe when new listeners, um, it's kind of like being in a church church congregation, right? When you're sitting in the back of the room and you know you feel guilty almost. And and I am trying to express that you might think that we, Mike and I, are living out this. You know, we're made for missions oh. every day. Perfect situation. <laughs> It's not like that. No, I mean, it's it, not at all. Um, so I just wanted to be honest and say this is an area where I certainly feel convicted and struggle, and I think many of us do. And and I, I remind myself in this area, and I'm reminded today of a friend of mine who felt called at one time to share the gospel with someone. He told me this story. Um, he felt like there was somebody there that he felt like he should go share the gospel with them. Uh, he didn't. That person passed away the next day. Oh, wow. Um, and he's never lived down that guilt. He just feels so distraught over this thing. And, you know, and, and so I, I'm reminded of that. And, and it makes me think, you know, I want to just encourage us that we can build, we can be confident in that God, God's not going to send us out to do something that that he you know isn't you know hasn't gone before us right, right and made the way so he's encouraging us to go share the love of his son and in his love and why he sent him he's encouraging us to be confident in what we're saying and even sometimes when it doesn't come out right god's still at work yeah that's God's right. working sometimes Amen. he's maybe he's just changing you and making it easier oh, right. for maybe you. it's more about you um, right so it, yeah. you know th- those things happen and uh, as we go through many episodes i have many stories to share of you know the way that i've seen that play out in my life too so that's right 
Thanks for that, Ken. And thanks, everyone, for being with us. I hope this has been an encouragement. Again, we'd love to hear from you. I'm at uh, Missions Mike on uh, Twitter, and uh, Ken is at Ken Wantmore. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, on the podcast page itself, there's a place for comments. We'd love to hear from you there as well. And so thanks for joining us, and we look forward to having you for the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. 